welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. excited to be here with you today. And I'm just going to say this and admit this right up front. This episode might be a little weird. <laughs> it's going to be a little different for sure. And uh, I think I'm going to call this sucker uh, connecting the dots, connecting the dots. And what I hope to do is to connect some dots for some of you listeners out there. And also I think for myself, this is going to be a little bit about me thinking out loud, processing out loud, and sharing something that's not only been on my hat and mind, but is been something that I've been discussing with um, my sweetie and some of my uh, nearest and dearest, my closest friends. And I'm hoping that you're going to walk away from this uh, with a little bit more insight or maybe curiosity or awareness, or maybe you'll feel called to take some sort of an action, but we'll see. There's no pressure here. This is just an invitation. And normally when I do a show, I don't usually use uh, notes. I don't read off of anything unless, of course, I'm reading a quote or something. And sometimes I jot things down because I don't want to forget. Uh, I especially jot things down if I want to give credit to somebody in particular and want to make sure that I do it um, you know, in the best way that I, that I can. Uh, with this episode, I, I made a few notes, but what I realized is that um, I don't, I'm giving myself permission, I guess is what I want to say, to not get it completely right. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you a little, little something behind that. When I was a kid, because of, um, you know, who I grew up with and how I grew up, I was terrified to make mistakes as a kid. Uh, I was terrified sometimes to try new things uh, because making mistakes uh, usually led to some sort of suffering. <laughs> so it created a little bit of um, controlling. And, and I always say, and I don't mean it, I don't mean it in a like making fun of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, but I started to develop some OCD tendencies. I said I had a touch of the OCD. And it created a lot of fear and stress in my body, in my mind, this kind of pursuit of perfectionism that doesn't, first of all, doesn't fucking exist, right? Perfect doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. It's a construct. Um, but one of the things that I now promise myself when I go to do things, whether it's leading a retreat, uh, doing a podcast, talking to somebody, creating a product, whatever the thing is that I'm doing. The one promise that I make to myself, my and especially my tender inner self, my youngest self is this. I say, you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it real. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to get it right, I remind myself. You just have to get it real. And what that means is I just have to show up and share what's on my mind and share what's on my heart and what I've been thinking about. So I hope you'll extend that grace to me today. I hope not to be like all over the place. Um, I hope I can uh, share my thoughts in a way that you're able, <laughs> excuse me, to follow and to make the connections. But some of this might be me. Uh, I might learn stuff as I'm speaking out loud or whatever. But here's the thing that I want to talk about. So one of the things about doing the kind of work that I do in the world, okay, there are people who sell products. The thing about products are they're very easy to market in a lot of ways. And most of the time, I'm not going to say all, I don't like to talk in extremes in that way. I always leave uh, wiggle room for exceptions, but a lot of times when you're selling a product, that product solves a very obvious problem. Oh, you're thirsty. Have this thing of water or this lemonade or whatever, right? This quenches your thirst. Oh, you're hungry. Here's this 
thing that you can eat, right? A lot of times products, you need a new car, like here's the thing, right? Very simple. And then the marketing, a lot of times talking about what you're selling, who it's for, all those things are often determined sometimes just by how much the thing costs. Um, obviously there's something way different between a little VW bug and like a Hummer, you know what I'm saying? Or like a, a huge Cadillac or whatever. You're going to know that the, the kind of people who tend to want this are for this and this, that, and the other thing. The thing about the work that I do, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I have been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. Um, I first opened a yoga studio <clears throat> on my own, started my own small business in 2003, but I was already kind of wheeling and dealing and like, you know, trying to, and back then it was hustling. Back then it was hustling as a new yoga teacher to find places to teach and driving all over the, the city and the state and trying to find the studios and spots where I could, you know, share um, this incredible thing, right? Because I was a certified teacher in 2001, but I was teaching even before that. So I've been in business for a wicked long time. And when I, you know, I had this epiphany at one point, <clears throat> excuse me, when I realized that I was already doing spiritual mentoring, but unfortunately for me, I was actually doing it for free <laughs> because people used to come to yoga class. And then after yoga class, inevitably, while I was cleaning up the studio, sweeping the floors, putting the towels away, you know, locking things up, doing all the things that you do, people would hang out and start to talk to me. And I, I often say that they would talk to me about all the D's, right? It was like the divorce, the disappointment, the diagnosis, the death, right? All the different D's, all the things that were like happening in people's lives. And of course, there's many more things. Because the one thing that we all can probably agree on is that this being human is an ongoing problem, right? So often we think, well, if I just get this, like more money or lose weight or meet the love of my life or do this or get a new car or get the degree or all the bullshit that the ego tries to sell us, if I just get all these things, then I'll be happy and everything will be easy. And it's like, that's not how it works. That is not how it works. One of the reasons why I actually created The Nest, right? My spiritual community and membership and mentorship is simply because it's not a one and done deal. It's an ongoing, The Nest is an ongoing community and an ongoing su support structure and mentorship because this being human is an ongoing situation, right? It is an ongoing, oh my God, experience in classroom and kind of sometimes feels like a workshop. Some people feel like sometimes it's a big test, right? For me, it's a, it's a lot of different things, but the one thing it is, is that problems are gonna keep happening. I always say, as long as we're alive and breathing and we're in relationships with other, with other beings, we're gonna have some things that come up that, that need our, our attention and we need help. So one of the things I'm trying to say is that <clears throat> when I became um, you know, my own boss, when I became an entrepreneur, back, back in the day when I had a yoga studio, um, it was like, I knew what I was quote unquote, for lack of a better word, offering and then selling. It was easy to talk about my studio, the style of yoga that I did, what the room was like, what the vibe was right. Here are the packages, here are how many things. And people could kind of wrap their head around that. Now, of course, I remember when I was opening up my studio, my very first space in Epsom, and these old folks, I was in a shared unit. So there was like, uh, it was the old post office, right? So there was a lawyer's office and then there was a hair salon and I was in one of the front units. And when I was first painting the place, right? Oh yeah, I got the, you know, the door was open to let out the fumes and I was painting in there and all these old timers, all these people kept walking by, going back to the hair salon to get their little haircuts and get their perms set and all that stuff. Or people would be going into the lawyer's office they would stick their head in, right? Because people are curious, a little nosy. It's fine. I like talking to people. And people would be like, what are you doing in here? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be opening a yoga studio. And I can't tell you, I swear. How many people said, yogurt? You open up a yogurt place? And I'm like, no, yoga. Because this is way back in the day, like before yoga became wicked possible. And then everybody and their brother wanted to be a teacher or open a space. So I was one of the very few places in the Concord area there was only like a couple of us, a handful of us. 
uh, back then, back in the day. So it was like really funny. But back then I really knew how to talk about this is what I'm like, you know, <laughs> this is my product. This is my offering. These are my services. This is what I'm doing. When I became a Thai yoga massage, you know, um, practitioner and then instructor, teacher, same thing. I could talk about it. This is a healing modality. This is this and this. When it came time for spiritual mentoring, it's been such a fascinating process for me to try and talk about this thing because it is so intangible. This service that I provide, this, this, whatever we want to call it, these programs, these offerings, these services, it is so hard for me sometimes to explain like what the fuck I actually do, because here's what traditional marketing people want. They want you to nail down your message and then they really want you to nail down what they call your niche. And when you have a niche, what you're doing is you're really kind of going from this very broad thing of like, I help all people with stuff to this very like whoop, short and sweet little compact, like bite-sized morsel that you can kind of deliver to people. And they want you to break it down kind of like this, like in a little formula. I help so-and-so who, who do you help? Do you help men, women, children, certain age, certain whatever, what, what's the deal? So they always want you to be able to say, this is who I help. This is the problem that they have. And this is the solution that I have to solve that one particular pro pro problem, right? So a lot of times <coughs> when people are offering something, they look out at the market, the market being the people, all the people in the world, mean potential customers, consumers, clients, buyers, whatever you want to say. And they say, okay, um, I'm going to go out into the market and I'm going to take a look at what problems are out there. And then I'm going to show up with my, with my solution and I'm going to solve it. Okay. So they want you to, to kind of go out there. And what they often will say is, have you talked to the market about what they really want? And I cannot tell you how many times I've been given this kind of advice, which is like, you don't want to just kind of sit alone in your room and create something that you want to create and then offer it to the world and then let people kind of decide if they want it. They're like, don't do that. That's so backwards. What you want to do is you kind of want to go out into the world and you want to talk to people and you want to find out what they want and then you want to create that thing and sell it to them. And I know, you guys, I get why that makes quote unquote logical sense. I understand why that's the formula that most businesses use. And I just have to say, maybe it's because I'm a knucklehead. Maybe it's because I'm thick. Maybe it's because whatever. But I have just never really operated that way. Instead of me going out there externally and trying to find out what everybody wants, because P.S., here's a little sidebar to that. Most of the times what people think they want, it's not actually what they need. What they kind of conjure up in their head is the solution to their problem. It's really not the thing that's going to fix it, right? So there's also a saying in marketing. I'm kind of like peeling back a little bit, and you may have heard this before, but there's a saying in marketing, especially in the coaching industry, where they say, sell them what they want. And then once you have them and you've gotten their money, then you give them what they need. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that either. I'm not playing this fucking game. I'm not tricking people. I'm not trying to you know, play this switcheroony, razzmatazz thing. I'm just not into it. So I often talk about how I'm kind of like an accidental entrepreneur. I don't play the game. I mean, and let's just be honest. I said from the beginning, I'm just going to be transparent. Maybe if I played the game their way, I'd make a hell of a lot more money, but I would be miserable. It would be completely soul sucking. Not only that, it would be so out of alignment for me to do that. What I do is I take my instructions from something greater than me. I listen to the call of my own heart. 
I listen to the nudges, to the instructions, to the guidance that I get from my inner teacher, my internal teacher, call it spirit, intuition, Holy Spirit, divine intelligence. I don't care what you call it. But what I don't do is pander to the system that exists outside of me. I'm not making a judgment about anybody else's business and how they choose to operate. I'm just talking about my experience and trying to figure out what my individual curriculum is, how I've been called to serve. I don't feel compelled to go out there and try to convince people of things and create a bunch of FOMO and scarcity and fear and try to trick people into signing up and telling them if they don't have the money, go mortgage something or get a second mortgage or put it on your credit card or beg your family for money and all that stuff like that. I just don't operate from the way that a lot of entrepreneurs do. And one of the challenges that I've had, again, I'm just being totally honest, is trying to figure out a way like, how do I bring this concept of spiritual mentoring out into the world, especially when it feels so intangible, this work that I do, even the results and stuff like that. In marketing, another thing they tell you is you've got to be able to, you know, prove your results. You have to be able to may have a promise. Like, what's the promise you're making? What's the promise you're making? And I always kind of laugh and I'm like, look, I can't guarantee results and make promises of this particular outcome because so much of my work depends on what the other person is or isn't willing to do who they are or aren't willing to be, what they're willing to let go of. Are they ready to release these old stories? Are they willing to look at stuff from a new perspective? Are they ready to shift their mind from fear to love? And a lot of times people think they are. They say, I want this outcome. I want this transformation that you talk about, KK, this whole, your story to your glory. I wanna have that experience. But when the rubber hits the road and it's time to get into the nitty gritty and do the work, sometimes it's a little bit like, oh, like I have to show up and like do my part and I have to be consistent and committed and all these things. And it's like, yes. So I'm not going to sit here and just, just, you know, sell a bunch of bullshit about how this whole spiritual thing, this whole journey of personal growth work is going to be wicked easy because it's not. And I'm not willing to bamboozle people. It's not worth the buck to me to try and bullshit somebody. That's just not that interesting to me. And it would just be totally out of alignment. So here's the thing. But people are like, well, if I'm going to be investing this money, can you please tell me what my result is going to be? And what I always say is, you're going to get out of this what you put into it. I know that transformations are possible. I know that it's possible to lead a happier life, a more peaceful life, a life where you feel more engaged, where you're showing up as your true self, where you have hashtag F3, more fun, flow, and freedom. I know it's all possible. How do I know? Because I've done it for myself. The reason why I'm able to talk about these processes that I have and these tools that I have in the spiritual toolkit and the course that I created and all the lessons that I created and the, and the content and all these things that we have when people work with me one-to-one -one in spiritual mentoring, when people join the group kind of mentoring program, right? The Nest. I can talk about it because I went first and I did it. And I've been doing it long enough that I've seen the transformations in people, how they talk to themselves differently, how they talk to others differently, how their relationship shifts, how they have more joy, how they have more self-trust, how they feel more connected to self-source and spirit, right? I see it with my own eyes, but to talk about it in this really kind of like marketed and messaged and um, you know really put together tangible way is challenging. And so I want to talk about something um, that I found really interesting when it comes down to this. So a lot of times people will say to me, so what problem are you solving? <laughs> 
And they're like, because you, again, you want to talk to the market, find out what their problem is. And then you show up with the solution and you kind of like save the day. And the exchanges, they give you money, you give them the solution. And I'm like, oh my God, mentoring doesn't work that way. Spiritual work doesn't work that way. Like how, how do I do this? Right. How do I explain to people like what the fuck is happening over here? And so I often jokingly say, I sometimes feel like I'm solving a problem for people, meaning I'm not solving it. Like me personally, what I'm creating is a safe container. And, and let me be clear about that too. I, you know, you have to be careful when you say, oh, this is a safe place or I'm creating a safe container. It's my intention to create a safe container. Only the people in the container can decide for themselves if it's safe, but it's my intention, I wanna say, self-correct to create a safe container, okay? But sometimes I feel like I'm solving a problem that people don't even know that they have. <laughs> well, all right, wait, let me put it this way. They know they have a problem, but what where it gets, it gets tacky or sticky or challenging for me is that it doesn't occur to them that the problem that they're having could be solved actually, could be helped could be softened, could be um, reduced through spiritual mentoring. So they know they have a problem, but it doesn't even occur to them that spiritual mentoring or being in the nest, which is a spiritual community and membership and mentorship would be the solution. Um, because again, being human, it's not one problem. I mean, it is in a really big minded way in a really kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? In a really kind of um, metaphysical and spiritual lens, looking at the human experience through that lens. Um, as they say in A Course in Miracles, they say, we think we have a lot of little separate problems. I'm paraphrasing, okay? But really we only have one. And that is that we perceive ourselves as separate from God. We perceive ourselves as separate from our source, from our creator, from love, from that divine energy, that universal oneness. That's the, the only problem technically, quote unquote, that we really have. But we experience it through the ego perception and the ego lens as having a thousand little different problems. And if you've been on the planet, you guys, come on. If I'm talking to you and you can hear the sound of my voice and you're an adult, you know what I'm talking about. Every day, as, as Rumi says in his great poem, The Guest House, this being human is a guest house. Every day, a new arrival, some joy, some madness, some whatever, right? Every day, something new is showing up here in this experience. <clears throat> so even though we have these ongoing problems, most people aren't thinking about, oh, well, spiritual mentoring, that's what I need. So let me tell you a little story. And this is when my, this is one of those moments, my life has been changed by many things. Okay. And I often talk about it and I've said it, I've said it like this in the past, two of the primary pivoting points, like mag, like huge magnitude turning points in my life. Okay. One of them was losing my mother. Okay. Losing my mother. My mother was killed when I was 12. That, that changed the whole trajectory of my life. But one of the, one of the, the other things that was a pivotal, pivotal thing for me, I always say losing my mother and finding Marianne Williamson, finding, reading, meeting, working with, living with Marianne Williamson changed my life. So a lot of people who listen to the show, you may or may not know who Marianne Williamson is, but she's a New York Times bestselling author she is a spiritual teacher. She is a, 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 I was, she's an, a spiritual activist. She ran for president. Marianne is, you can't put her in a box. She is many, many, many things. Uh, she's brilliant. She's smart. Uh, and she has changed her book, A Return to Love, has changed so many lives. She has like, I think she has like eight or nine. She has more books than that. But I think eight or nine of her books have been New York Times bestselling books. So I'm not going to get go into the whole thing. You can go back and listen to episode two, I think, of my podcast where it says, um, you know, I think it says I meet my spiritual teacher or whatever it is, miraculous discovery. I don't know what it is, but what it's like it's episode two, I think, where I talk about how I met her. But I want to I want to put what I'm talking about today into context. 
So when I was living and working with Marianne in California, um, I lived in the guest house that was kind of like across the driveway and she would be in the house. And at one point I knew that she was kind of calling for me. So I kind of like, you know, hustled across the driveway, went up into her office and she wanted to talk to me about something. Now, let me just give you a tiny bit of backstory, which, which is all you need to know is that I was still in my twenties. <laughs> so still a little rough around the edges, right? Uh, starting my spiritual journey, of course. Uh, I had been on uh, a couple of spiritual pilgrimages with Marianne at that point. I'd been to Egypt. I've been to England and Ireland and Cornwall. Went to some of the most powerful places on the planet. I, you know, I'd read her books. I was reading A Course in Miracles. So like I was really just starting to kind of even dive more deeply into my own spiritual work personal growth, worth, and transformation. So I'm still in my 20s. That's why I want to say. So when I got into her office, I'm not going to give you all the details because on some level, I was going to say the none of your business, but I don't mean it like that. It's just that they don't matter. They don't matter. But she was like kind of saying to me that she had a couple of issues with me about something and she was kind of laying it down for me. And I was like, oh yeah. And then I shared back what I didn't like about what was going on in the dynamic as well. So she said something and I was like, oh yeah. And then I said something back and then she said something. And then I said something back. And it was clear that we were at a standstill. We could not see eye to eye and it was not going to get resolved the way that we were in that moment, like handling it. Okay. So I, she's standing behind her desk. I'm standing in the doorway of her office and we're just kind of standing there looking at each other. And then she says this to me. And I shit you not, you guys, this was revolutionary to me, what she says next. So she looks at me where we're, we're like, so right now, if you're watching this, you see, I got my hands up, like, you know, my, I got, I, I'm making fists and I've got like my knuckles butting up against each other. So we're clearly at this stalemate. It's like, it's like two stubborn bulls, right? Just like banging their heads against each other. And all of a sudden she, she gets very quiet and she looks at me and she says, would you pray with me? And I just remember in that moment looking at her and hi, Toby pajamas. So oh, sorry, my cat's meowing. So, and I remember looking at her and I, I, I just heard myself say, yeah, yes. So we went in the other room, we sat down together. Uh, we held hands, closed our eyes and she prayed. Now, in A Course in Miracles, there's a line that I often share with my students and with my clients, um, people, members of the nest. And it says this, it says, our interests are not separate. Our interests are not separate. And what it is, is it's a reminder to us that all of us here, our brothers and sisters, and even if we identify somebody as like our mother, our, our, um, our sister, our dad, our grandmother, whatever. And of course in miracles, we're all just brothers and sisters to each other, okay? So our interests are not separate. What that means is we both want the same thing. We both want the same outcome, which is usually, right? Happiness, peace, contentment, ease, joy, not, not suffering, not conflict, not with withholding our love. We don't want that. So we sit down together, we hold hands, she starts to pray. And it's some version of, right? I'm, I'm trying to retrace my memory, but it's some version of, dear God, please help us to see each other as you would have us see each other. Please help to remove this block. I, again, I can't recall, but my sense of the message was something that I would probably say now, right? Please help us to see each other through the lens of love. Please help us to let go of these limiting beliefs and stories, these shackles, this prison that we've put each other in. Please help us with whatever she was saying. And it doesn't even matter on some level because here's what happened. I felt my dukes go down. Now, at that point in my life, I was still, like I said, I was pretty tough, right? I was pretty, I, I mean, I, I am a resilient and strong person and that's beautiful and that's amazing. And as we were, as she was talking, I just felt my dukes just kind of internally, I mean, not externally, but internally, I kind of just felt my dukes go down. 
I felt the walls around my hat just kind of start to shift and the doors just kind of open. And I felt myself becoming willing to not have a grievance, to not hold a grudge. You know, in A Course in Miracles, it says you can have a grievance or you can have a miracle. You know, you can't have both. It's like, do you prefer to be right or do you prefer to be happy? There's all these little lessons, right? And I started to realize, yeah, I'm not really interested in staying mad at her. And we weren't going back and forth and, and you know, kibitzing about you did this, you did this, you did this. No, prayer was the actual solution in that moment because it allowed me to soften and to see who was really actually sitting across from me. This was not my enemy. This is not somebody that I wanted to stay mad at or withhold my love from. And the same thing happened. I mean, I can imagine, I, I'm not gonna speak for, for Marianne, but my assumption is because we went back to working together and, and traveling to get all those things. And it was such a huge shift. And now here's the point I'm making. If you had tried to tell this mass hole, this knucklehead kid that, oh, prayer was a solution to a human conflict, I would have, I would have been like rolled, I mean, maybe not at that point because I had seen too much at that point. I'd traveled, I've been doing, I had been doing deep spiritual work. But what I'm saying is it hadn't ever really occurred to me at a deep level because nobody had ever tried it with me. It had never been explained to me in that way or demonstrated to me in that way or taught to me in that way. I wouldn't even know that that was part of the solution. And it totally changed me and it changed my life, of course, because here I am like 27, however many years later talking about it. And it, those experiences, you guys, I, I think back like the path to me becoming a spiritual mentor like in the old days, we didn't have like coaches. We didn't have those kinds of things. We did it old school. We went to the library, we went to the bookstore and we bought the books. And maybe if we got lucky, somebody was having a seminar because they're really, the internet, was, there wasn't an internet really, right? Right, so much back then. It was like all the beginning stages. So you had to drive to go hear somebody speak or you got the cassette tape or like whatever. So over the years, through my own personal experience, I've gathered all of these tools. I like to call it like this kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope perspective. I pull from many traditions, right? From being a yogi and being a Catholic kid growing up, right? Things that I, so I can relate. I can relate to all of the people who say things like, oh, I'm a recovering Catholic or this or this, or I left the church or blah, blah, blah. You know, the thousand and one ways that, that, because of our experiences when we're younger, we try to like take a step back away from the divine. And, you know, I did that whole episode that says like, don't let them ruin God for you, right? Don't let your childhood and the people in your childhood and the priests and the parents and all the programs and the stuff they try to shove down your throat. And it's because so often people get so turned off, they step back, they step away. And when they step away from the organized stuff, the organized religion or the churches or the whatever. What they do, I always say, I always say, don't throw out baby Jesus with the bathwater. Like don't throw out the stuff that was actually helpful. So I wanna come back to this thing of like, I didn't even realize until I practice it myself, right? I think we all have these, how do I say this? These, um, not concepts. We have these ideas of what we think spiritual work might be. And I cannot, I have to tell you guys, the way that I do this work, the way that I share with people and talk about this stuff, it is very practical. It is very down to earth. It is very lived experience. It's about taking action, not just sitting around acting pious with like fucking namaste hands and like pretending everything's fine. And like, when there's no spiritual bypassing here, we don't skip over the hard or difficult or sometimes messy experiences of being human. So I want to come back to this concept about how I say, I feel like sometimes, and, and I'm going to admit, sometimes it's, it's frustrating for me because I'm like, am I doing a good enough job communicating what's possible when we take on the spiritual life, when we show up for it and we're like, yeah, I want to do personal growth work. 
I want to start taking responsibility for both my bullshit and my brilliance. I want to step into my own power. I want to own my choices, my behaviors, my habits, and I want to learn how to change those old subconscious programs that have been in my head. Like I want to learn how to fully be my most amazing and awesome and authentic self, right? Like nothing to me is more important than that. And we're seeing more and more and more now. Some of the top business people, they did, um, uh, they took a, what do you want to call that thing? A poll. They took a poll of some of the top CEO, like Fortune 500 or whatever companies. And over 41 or 43% of CEOs said that their secret weapon is meditation. Slowing the fuck down, getting quiet, right? And uh, here's another thing. There's a thousand different ways to meditate. But they all say that that's their secret weapon, weapon, because what's happening when we're doing that. And here's the thing, you guys, we don't try to get, it's like meditation is not designed. You don't do prayer. You don't do meditation. You don't do these things to get better, right? At meditating and praying. I always say the whole point about meditation and prayer isn't to get better at those things. It's to get better at life. And I remember asking my sweetie a few weeks ago, all right, he's, he's been around, we've, we've been together for going on 17 years now. And I said to him one day, jokingly, sweetie, what do you think it is that I do? <laughs> like, if you were going to describe, like, if, if you're at one of your gigs and somebody comes up to you and is like, your wife's a spiritual mentor, like, what does that, what does that even mean? And he just looked at me and he said, deadpan, like totally serious. He says, you help people to live their fucking life. He's like, you help people. You give them tools to be able to live their life in a way where they have less sadness and less suffering and less scarcity and less whatever. He's like, you help people to live their life from a very empowered and powerful and, you know, scented and whatever. Like, you know, it was really funny, but he just, I said, Ooh, I think I'm just going to use that, that as my tagline. I just help people live their fucking best life, you know? And I kind of started laughing. But let's go back to the problem about me saying like, you know, I feel like sometimes I don't know if I'm communicating clearly what it is that I do. Like, how do I talk about this work? Because people will say to me, well, who do you work with? And I'm like, I don't know. I work with adults. I work with men and women. But why do they really truly come to see you? Somebody asked me the other day in a Facebook group, what's the number one reason why people come to work with you? And I'm like, oh my God, how do I explain this? Because there isn't one number one reason. I followed the old marketing advice where you talk to your clients, you talk to your people, and you ask them, so why did you decide to sign up for one-to-one -one mentoring? Why did you decide to sign up for the Nest? And I shit you not, you guys, when I tell you that every single one of them says something different as an answer. I have people in the group and I'm not identifying anybody. And I, I, you know, they, they know I have people in the group who <clears throat> are going through divorces or had gone through divorces. There are some people in the group who may be going through recovery. There are some people in the group who have lost children. Kids have died. There are people in the group who are overcoming, you know, a disorder. There's people in the group. I mean, really what it is, there are people in the group who are trying their best to navigate this thing called life. You know, when Prince says in his song, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. That's really what this work is about. Can I gather some tools? Can I find some things that are going to help me to be the best version of me as I navigate through this life? These tools that are going to help me to shift my mind from fear to love, to learn how to slow down and conscious choose my thoughts, my words, my actions? How can I show up and respond from a place of love rather than react out of a place of fear or get triggered from my trauma or live out my old drama? And how can I go out into the world and stop inflicting these old wounds that I have and haven't dealt with, didn't know how to deal with and stop inflicting them on the new people that I'm dating or my kids or this generational trauma that I didn't even know that I had, right? So as you guys can see, I'm hoping you can see what I'm saying, where it's not always easy to kind of talk about and to say, well, I'm going to guarantee you this result. 
because it's so personal and it's so individual. But what I can say is that everybody gets the same tools. And then we talk about how to apply these things specifically to our individual experiences. So in marketing, they talk about it like this. They say, I'm going to use two different ways to, to talk about this. Okay. So I call them stories. Other people in marketing might call them problems. And I'll give you two examples. So what they often talk about is you want to understand what somebody's internal Actually, let's start with external. What somebody's external problem slash story is, and then what their internal problem or story is. And it looks like this. The thing when you, let's say something's going on in your life with somebody you love. It could be your, your partner, yourself, your child, your pet, like whatever it is. And you're like, oh man, I got this problem. I got to Google something, right? So this is, this is the external problem. I'm going to Google, how do I get my kid to go to sleep? How do I get my dog to stop barking? What do I do if I suspect my partner is cheating on me, right? Whatever the thing is. So I think of the external problem as the thing that you might Google or look for, but the internal problem or story, right? It's the same thing, but the internal one is the thing that you might be saying to yourself. It's the thing where you might whisper to a friend or a close confidant or tell your therapist. So there's the external thing, right? Oh, I can't get my dog to stop barking or I can't get my kid to go to sleep or I'm afraid because I think my kid might have a drug problem, right? So maybe you're Googling like rehab centers, but when you're talking to a friend or you're talking to yourself, the conversation might sound a little different. It might be like, I'm really worried. He might die. If they don't get this together, there could really be severe consequences for this. So I hope I'm doing a good enough job to kind of show the difference between the external thing and the internal thing. Another way to look at it, because I always like to teach from a couple of different perspectives, Another way to look at it is like the daytime problem or story versus the 3 a.m. story, right? So the daytime story, again, is kind of more like that Google thing, that external thing where you might just say like, oh yeah, you know, I need to get, I need to take, take a look at that. I need to like maybe get that checked out or whatever and versus the 3 a.m. problem or story, which is the thing that keeps you up at night. The thing that you're maybe afraid to say out loud. The thing that, 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 that makes you anxious, right? In, in the nighttime when you're laying in bed and you're obsessing and you're going over the problem. And it's more like those, the internal stuff, the private, the personal, the internal stuff and the 3 a.m. story, that's kind of the alignment. Not that people can't come to work with me, about the external one or the daytime one, because a lot of times people start there. That's their comfort zone. That's what they feel comfortable sharing. Like they'll give you just a sip, just a sip. They're not ready to, you know, put their dukes down and, and open up and share everything. Because some people grew up in families where we don't talk about that stuff. What happens here stays here. We don't talk about these things. And so sometimes it's a process you know, especially in the nest, when we come together in a group container, sometimes it's a little bit of a process until people start to feel safe and then they'll start to open up and share. So then they can really actually get, get some support or get some, some help and stuff like that. But it's that stuff. And I'm always like, how do I market that? How do I market that to people? Like, how do you, how do you like do like Facebook content or like whatever? And so... <laughs> One of the best things I've had for myself is this podcast, just being able to talk about real things, real people, real problems, real stories. And I keep saying to people like, you know, um, I talk about the nest. I talk about these, these things that I offer and do because I am truly called to help people not have to suffer any more than they need to. I always say suffering is a wicked good teacher until you get a better one. If anything that I'm saying, please, somebody double amen hands if I'm making sense, if I'm getting through, if it's landing for you. It's like, I really wanted to 
talk about this for a long time because I don't fit into, I don't fit into the quote unquote normal marketing like thing. That's not me. I, I, I always say my, my friend said the other day, you can't put KK in a box. You know, another friend said to me, you're not willing to play the normal bullshit games of marketing and messaging and media. That's not you. And I'm like, yeah, clearly I'm like, this is me playing the long game. This is me doing it kind of the old fashioned slow way where I'm actually building, you know, my community or my audience or my email list one person at a time through hopefully genuine connection, through relationship building, through letting you guys see me and hear me and me getting to sometimes hear from you guys. You know, that's why I put out my newsletter and I love when people write me back and I get to, to hear that, oh, this was helpful or this is what I thought or this is what I learned or man, I'm really gonna use that and apply that in my life. So the thing is, you guys, is that I really want you to understand that you might not even have made the connection to this point that there's might be some shit going down in your life. There might be some stuff that you're kind of struggling with or trying to figure out. Or you feel like, I always say, you feel like you're in the hallway. You feel like you're in a hallway and it's like monochrome colors and there's no signs on the door. And you're like, I don't know what direction to go in. I don't know if I should go front or go back, go up or go down. I don't know if I should open the door on my left or the door on my right. And sometimes when we're in the hallway, it can feel a little scary and frustrating and overwhelming. And I'm always just kind of like raising my hand like, hey, there's, you know, when people say there's an app for that, I'm like, no, but there is, there's a community for that. There's a program for that. There is a solution. It's just, we wouldn't even sometimes think to look to personal growth and spiritual work as the solution, because who talks about that when we're kids? And a lot of times when those things were talked to us, when people did talk to us about those things, it was kind of crammed down our throats. The beautiful thing about being an adult is now we have autonomy, we have authority, we have agency. We get to decide the kind of relationship that we want to have with the divine. We get to decide the kind of relationship that we want to have with ourselves. We get to do more deeply aligned um, living by learning things. And so often we think, oh yeah, well, I read that book I read that book. I read all of Brené Brown's books. I read all of Marian Williamson's book. I read all the spiritual books. And it's like, there's a difference between reading shit and living it. There's a difference between reading stuff and putting it into action in your life. This isn't about theorizing spirituality or personal growth or being the best you. This is about showing up, being committed. Like, so I always say people like, so like what happens in the nest? Like, what are the thing? I'm like, well, first of all, you're going to get an incredible community. You're going to get incredible content and it's going to take a little courage and commitment. That's the deal, right? Like you've got to do your part. And whether you decide at some point to join the nest or you go and do some other thing, whatever you go start doing yoga therapy, whatever your thing is amazing. That's great. But just know you can't show, I mean, you can show up half-assed, but why, why bother? Why bother? Why waste your time in other people's time? You know, so the nest is really about being able to get guidance and support and encouragement. And a friend of mine the other day, Susie, she's in the nest. We've known each other for a while. And so even people who have known me and who have worked with me one-to-one, -one, they come into the nest too. Cause they like, I want this ongoing support. I want the ongoing guidance and direction. I want to know that when tough stuff is happening in my life um, or I'm trying to deepen my own relationship to myself, source and spirit, that there are other people who are also doing that work. Plus she says like, I get access to you. And the other day she kind of blurted out. She was like, you know, I know you're keeping the nest open. I think she'd feel comfortable with me saying this. Um, and she said, you know, I know you're keeping the doors to the nest open all the time. She's like, it's so hard to explain to my friends. She's like, I want to invite people in. And it's, it's, it's so hard to talk about like what the nest really is. And I just burst out laughing. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I go, I'm so glad it's not just me. She's like, yeah. And it was so funny. She goes, it's so intangible. Like, how do you talk about what you do? And I was like, welcome to the club. And we had a good laugh.
But the one thing she said that just made me crack up laughing, and I we said it again to each other last night. She's like, do people get that it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to work with you one-to-one and they could just simply join the nest for like 99 bucks a month. And she's, and I, this is not, I swear to you guys, I'm not making this up. She literally legit said this. She's like, do they get that to work with you one-to-one is this big financial investment, but they could just pay like less than a hundred bucks a month and they get, or if they sign up annually, she's like, and then they get access to you. Like they get, they get the spiritual toolkit and they get the monthly calls and they get to talk to you in this Q and A office hours. And I just started laughing and I was like, Susie, Hey. And I said to my friends, Hey, cause you guys are in business. I go, if you ever come up with a better way to talk about what I do, my quote unquote messaging, I'm like, will you let me know? And we just had ourselves a good laugh. Here's the thing at the end of the day, you guys. I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. The same way that I approach my business, you know, A Course in Miracles says that we all have our own individual curriculums. We all have our own little divine assignments. And I believe that I'm following mine. I believe that by writing my memoir, writing this book, doing my best to get it done, doing this podcast, trying to create some content that helps people, people who maybe can't afford to work with me at this point in their life, try to do some free content, right? I try to create programs and, and packages and services and stuff that will serve my brothers and sisters that will create value. And, you know, I gotta, you know, it's my business. This is my business. It's not just my business though. This is my calling. And I always say, I don't want anybody to sign up because they feel like scarcity or I'm convincing them. If you feel called, if the stuff that I'm talking about today is making sense and it's resonating and it's landing in you and you're thinking, oh my God, yeah, this being human is kind of a pain in the ass. This, this is hard sometimes. I mean, I, it's not my business to share. I have people in my family who are struggling with some things right now. And um you know, it's like, I get to lean on all these tools too. And I don't ask people or tell people to do practices or anything that I haven't done myself and found fucking helpful. That's the whole point. What a good mentor does is we save you time. So you don't have to go out and do all the research and do all the things we say, Hey, try this, start here. This is what helped me. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, your story to your glory. Here's some practices. Here's some processes. Here's some things. Here's a community that's going to support you and uphold you while you're doing this digging and while you're trying to dig yourself out of that hole and while you're trying to get clear and while you're trying to develop more trust in your own inner teacher or God or source or your intuition or universal, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I don't get hung up on that stuff. What I love to do is to help people come to trust themselves even more. What a good external teacher is always doing is we're pointing back to your internal teacher. We're trying to help you to connect the dots about cause and effect. How your thoughts are often creating your reality, how we can shift your mind, we can shift your life. How if you change your stories, we transform and change your life. And all we're doing is pointing back to the resources that live within you, the connection that you already have to divine intelligence. We talk about the spiritual team, like there's a thousand things I could tell you. But again, until you take action, until you decide to say yes, it's all gonna seem really intangible. And you might not even have thought oh, this might be something that can help me. This might be the answer. This might be part of the solution. So for the love of all things holy, I hope that I did a little bit better job today trying to connect the dots a little bit because what I find is I have friends that I've known for years and years and I'll say to them, what do you think that I do? And sometimes they get a little embarrassed and they're like, I don't really know. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing my best to talk to the, I mean, I know that people listen to this show. I see the stats. 
And I'm like, I'm going to try this this way. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to be, I mean, I'm always my, my, my genuine self, but I'm like, I'm going to peel this back a little bit more. And what I often say to people is what I'm creating and what I hope to create is the opportunity for people to feel differently, to feel happy or hopeful, to feel better every day in every way, getting better and better, right? Creating the opportunity to not be stuck in the shitty diaper anymore, to not be stuck in the story, all the BS, right? All the blocks, the stories, the belief systems, the blind spots, the bullshit that has held you back from living what A Course in Miracles tells us is our natural inheritance, which is happiness and peace. And sometimes it doesn't occur to us like, oh, meditation, prayer, contemplation, journaling, um, you know, the, uh, using a mantra, uh, mind training, not brainwashing, right? Positive mind training, subconscious reprogramming, brain science, hypnosis. There's a thousand ways. But why do we want to settle for our experience to just feel hard and difficult and scary and overwhelming? There are things that we can do and you might not even have known that the nest or spiritual mentoring or spiritual hypnosis, all the different stuff might be part of it. Come into a yoga class sometime, whatever the thing is. So you guys, if this landed in your heart at all, please, if you listen to this episode, shoot me an email, karen at karenkinney.com. Send me a DM, tag me in something. Let me know if I did a better job, <laughs> fingers crossed, oh my God, if I did a better job at kind of explaining this. I would love to hear from you. And if you listened and you do feel called, go to Karen Kenny, and I always say K-E-N-N-E-Y.com, karenkenney.com slash nest. The doors are open. We are here with our arms wide open to welcome you into this community. And remember, here's the thing. If you're somebody who's like, you're, you're ready, you're ready to start to take yourself seriously. I always say to people, if you want God or the divine or the universe or your higher power or your highest self to guide your steps, you've got to be willing to move your own damn feet. You've got to be proactive. You've got to take action and you've got to know your own worth and value. You got to know that you matter and that you're worth it. And that we, you know, there may not be that true fairy tale where everybody's like, you live happily ever after because this being human, you know, ongoing. But we definitely can live more happily, more peacefully. We have more tools. We learn how to respond. We learn how to take responsibility. We learn to own what's ours and let go of the rest. We learn, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's really about growing and expanding our consciousness, growing as um, spirits, growing as humans, learning to keep our sense of humor. There's so much magic and miracles um, that come from this work. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just trying to create clarity. And if some part of this called to you, we would love to have you join us. I also work with people one-to-one. If that interests you, you can just reach out to me on my contact page or go to uh, karenkenney.com slash work with me. Um, I'm here. So I hope I did a, a good job or a better job than I have in the past at connecting some of the dots for you about how spiritual mentoring, spiritual mentorship, the nest, these things might actually be the solution to the problem that you didn't even know that you had. Or maybe you knew that you had a problem. You haven't been feeling right. You haven't been feeling happy. You haven't been feeling fulfilled. You've been feeling overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, all these other things. And it didn't even occur to you, perhaps, that spiritual mentorship, spiritual support could be a beautiful solution. So you guys, that's what I got for you this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being along on this ride. If you're a longtime listener, I appreciate your support so much. If you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. If you also want to get on my newsletter list, my email list, 
To find out about happenings, events, fun stories that I tell, just go to karenkinney.com, sign up. Um, you can also um, get um, a little free download, <laughs> excuse me, about um, who's on your spiritual team. And that will also add you to the list, get you on the list. And that's just karenkinney.com freebie. So you guys, I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, I hope, I hope somehow that, um, that I did this justice, what I was trying to, to do and to share and, um, just thank you. Okay. That's it. All right. Wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place yourself, the animals and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>